All right, we're going to do this. Mm-hmm. Welcome. <laughs> Hi. Hey. So we did a. Mm, Why are we saying welcome to an ad? Well, no, because we're not doing the ads yet. We're going to. Oh. We're, we're going to do the introductions to our, our illustrious guest. <gasps> Got it. No, I'm not cutting this. Welcome to another edition of Faking Notes Podcast. Podcast. Today on the Faking Notes Podcast, we have our very first interview. Yeah. All right. Actually, our first podcast ever that we ever have done in the past. And now it is going to be given to you in the present. Well, in the future, actually, because we're still here recording this. But but by the time the interview happens, yeah. will it not be there present? If a tree falls in... It doesn't matter. So <laughs> this guy is actually one of the most well-connected violinists I've ever met. Connected. Connected. He is the, he pretty much runs the social media wing of the electric violin shop. If you've ever been on Instagram, Facebook, anywhere on the internet and had a question about electric violins, you will have probably come across one of his articles. And he's an incredible musician. He also runs his own podcast called... The Rockstar Violinist Podcast. 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 (laughs) And he's a personal friend of mine. He's an absolute sweetheart. He's one of the most humble and generous musicians I've ever met. he's done a lot. He's done incredible things. He's toured with many bands throughout the country for decades. Uh, He's an incredible educator, both on media. He's the first person in the room to introduce you to everybody in the room. He'll take Mm -hmm. you by the hand. By the time you leave, you know everybody because of that man. You leave with so many friends. And that's why I can't wait for you to hear the conversation we have with none other than the Matt Bell. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Thinking Notes Podcast. It's your boy TVK. I'm here with my my man Trevor Bumgarner. I called him Trevor Noah in the first take. <laughs> Cause he's just as funny. This is a two-take show, folks. <laughs> And this is our very first episode. We're so excited to bring this podcast to you where we illuminate the people who make big things work. And right here we have Matt Bell, uh, the host of the Rockstar Violinist podcast. And uh, he's also an important figure of the electric violin shop. And he gets to interview so many incredible people from different walks of life. But... I don't think, have you ever been interviewed? This is terrifying. No. <laughs> <laughs> what we, we, everybody asks, who is Matt Bell? What, how does everybody know him? How does he know everybody? And so I wanted to bring, I thought he was the perfect guest we should have for our first. Uh, so you can explain a little bit what you do and how you do it. So let's get started with the electric violin shop. How did you get involved with that, my friend? Yeah, so I was a customer at electric violin shop before I started working there. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, it's it's the only shop in the world that that's all they do is exclusively electric bowed strings. So we don't do any acoustic instruments at all. If you can't plug it in, we got no use for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's so that it's, it's, a, uh, it's a very niche thing. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, they've been around for, gosh, probably 15 years. Okay. And uh, I guess it was about three years ago, uh, I had just moved to the area. I used to live about two hours from there. And uh-huh. now I live 15, 20 minutes from there. Uh-huh. And I just moved to the area. And the instrument that I play, the Mark Wood Viper, they had run out of Vipers. They'd sold out of all the Vipers they had. Uh-huh. And they had somebody coming in to the violin shop to try out a Viper. And they mm-hmm. didn't have any for her to try. Well, so Chris, the violin shop, knew that I have a couple of them and asked me if I would bring my Viper in so that this person could try one out. And while I was in there hanging out with her, I've been playing Viper for, shoot, 20 years. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I'm sort of showing how it works and how we get this... Paddle set on the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You Dude, it's weird. I just played it for the first time today. Because yeah, it's not underneath the neck, right? Right. It's kind of like it's, it's like strapped in. in. It's yeah. like a three-man operation. It's the flying V. <laughs> yeah, it's the flying V. So. so I was I was showing her how to do it, and hey, here's what the frets are, and this is this is why this is like this, and uh-huh. and they're sort of watching me do all this, and and they were like, do do you want a job? No, I don't want a job, man. I'm a musician. What are you talking about? Yeah. Um, Because I was touring with a band doing 150 shows a year. Wow. And um, so, you know, I was, I was busy. Yeah. No, I don't want a job. And I said, well, how about like maybe two days a week? Mm Because we really need somebody who's a Viper guy. Mm -hmm. Um, We don't have any Viper people in here. And uh, we really would like to start doing more with content creation for our YouTube and blog and all that kind of stuff. Uh Uh And, uh, you know, and we'll let you buy gear at really good prices. I went, oh. Oh. Everyone sign up. Yeah. (laughs) That's how they create content, folks. Yeah. So it's funny because my wife, she goes, oh, so you can get cheap gear there. (laughs) So how much much is this job going to cost us? (laughs) You're going to be making a couple bucks an hour and spending more. So her rule for me was I I at least had to break even on the job. Okay. So did you have content creation to how we think about it now? Did you have that experience before? Or no, they just absolutely like, not. Oh, so they put their faith in you. Yeah, I mean, I'm, it's my job and my band to be, we're, I was in a party band, so it was our job to be really entertaining. And uh, and they they saw the way I was interacting with this person, and they just, the existing employees don't have the time to do, mm-hmm. you know, they're running a business. They don't have time to no. be creating content and doing all that. Susie, the shop manager, hates being on camera. So they had her doing what content they had. Mm-hmm. She didn't have time to do it, and she hated it. Got it. So you find a guy who's, who doesn't mind being on camera, doesn't mind being in front of people, mm-hmm. and, I mean, they— You've been they doing were, it all your life. They is were it? hoping I would be better looking. This is what you get. Look at this face. <laughs> to all of our uh, listeners, so beautiful. Uh, oh, there's yeah. nothing to fear. It's, oh, no. <laughs> he's got this long yeah. mane of red, beautiful strawberry hair. <laughs> <laughs> What's it like interviewing a hero of yours on episode one? Right? Yeah. Um, that was really exciting for me. And the thing is, I mean, as a musician, you know that when I first started playing the violin, it was, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't good. I was three. It sounded like somebody trying to strangle <laughs> yeah. a cat, you know? Yep. And, and it's yep. going to sound like somebody trying to strangle a cat for a while. <laughs> And I love strangling cats. It's, yeah. it's, it's a hobby. <laughs> Peter, don't come for me. Don't at me. Yeah. Don't at me. So, I mean, knowing that first episode is the guy who invented the instrument that changed my life. So no pressure, right? right. And, and knowing that this is my very first time interviewing somebody, I'm not going to be as good at this 
yeah. as I hopefully will be 10 episodes from now. So I put a lot of prep time in mm-hmm. and wrote a lot of questions and yeah. was really thinking ahead of time, gosh, mm-hmm. how do I want this to go? But on the other hand, you don't want it. Guy like Mark Wood is this huge personality, mm-hmm. and you don't know what's going to come out of his mouth. So you can't like try to pre-script this you conversation. Can't, you can't guide it. You just gotta yeah. like take your hands off the yeah, wheel. Yeah, you're, you're along for ride. Yeah. Kind of, and uh, so yeah, I mean, I put a lot of prep in, mm-hmm. and and of course, the first thing that falls out of my mouth, and I've known him for years. I know he's a violist. Yeah. The first thing that fell out of my mouth was. Well, when, when did you learn to play the violin? Oh, it's oh, the yeah. oldest curse, man. So that's what we, that's what we do. Yeah. But, <laughs> so yeah, it's it's really a crazy thing to interview one of your heroes for an episode. Um, and the first one, like, because that's right. an added. Because yeah. you'd hope, okay, if we build we build this up, then we'll reach out to them. Uh, it's yeah. If you're starting, I guess you're starting your guitar podcast. Yeah. Oh, let's have like Eddie Van Halen on right. or your cello podcast, and like episode one. Yo, yo, ma. Yeah. And it's just like, well, what what are you going to do after that? Like, you know, the sweat. But I think you handled the pressure well. That's like a long, in-depth episode. And it's really fascinating. Now, 33 episodes after that. Mm -hmm. How does it feel? Has your, like, approach changed? Yeah, it really has changed. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Yeah. So... I had never done one, but I listened mm. so and I and I sort of as I'm listening to these podcasts and all these drives to these gigs that I do, yeah. and I'm thinking, okay, how do I want mine to go? So it's almost like instrumentalists doing mental practice, right? So you don't have the instrument in your hand, mm-hmm. but when you're driving, you're you're visualizing the shifts and you're thinking about, you know, you can do mental practice. Yeah. It isn't the same, but mm. it's better than not nothing, right? <laughs> exactly. So as I would listen to these podcasts and think about how do I do this well. The thing that really stuck to me is the best interviews that I hear are the ones that sort of ask an open-ended question and then shut up. <laughs> that's hard yeah. for me because I like I, to talk. The best interviewers like Tim Ferriss yeah. and, and and the likes of those titans, they do the same thing. They don't. They just get out of the way. Yeah. And they allow it to. Speaking on that, I actually kind of wanted to shift gears mm-hmm. more on the social media, but I wanted to get your opinion of how has social media changed over the past five years for you? Because I remember, uh, I thought you owned the electric violin yeah. shop. Because like when we started, <laughs> when we kind of met through Instagram, you were kind of the face of that. And so we've grown through the platforms as they've changed over the past few years. And out of all the different changes, what is the one change that has made you feel most negatively about social media? I'd have to say the polarization that it, it it's as a as a society, it just feels like we're increasingly the race to crazy town on either side of an mm-hmm. issue. There's almost like we're trying to drive these these false visions of purity, yeah. right? Like ideological purity. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, I really would have hoped that social media would have been better at bringing people together. Mm-hmm. And it seems in, in large part to be driving people away from a rational center. I, I agree with that. But what I find unique about our niche, the musicians of mm-hmm. social media, I find that it does bring us together. Like, especially meeting last night, there were so many people that I had never met that you were connecting me to. And 
even though I'd never met them, they had seen some of my stuff. I'd seen some of their stuff. And there was already this mutual respect from people that had never met each other who do different things. So on the opposite side of that, what is your favorite thing about social media that has brought value to you? Yeah, it is that connectedness. And, mm-hmm. and what I mean by the polarization is the closed-minded people are being more and more closed-minded. Yeah. And the open-minded people are that becoming kind of more and more open-minded, yeah. right? Uh-huh. So that's where that schism in my mind is happening. Everybody in the room last night was in the open-minded camp, right? Yeah. So it's you got yeah. Daniela Padron who's playing classical music over Venezuelan beats. And then you've got <laughs> D-Sharp. Who's oh playing EDM stuff? And I you've know. Got Drew Ford in here, who's who's trying to marry classical music. Oh and man, that guy. Oh jeez. Who's that? I hate that guy. Uh, you, know, you got Joe Denison, who's a prog rock guy, and just all these yeah. wildly different people mm-hmm. who, in the open-minded camp, like Daniela's thing is, I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to yeah. play Bach over Venezuelan rhythms. No. But I love that that's who she is. Yes, and it's it's just coming out in her music. You can just mm-hmm. just see this joy just emanating from mm-hmm. her when she's doing it. So I think on the closed-minded side, where all the people go, well, if it's not my cup of tea, it's bad. Yes. And on the open-minded side, the people are going, it's totally not my cup of tea, but I love it and respect it because I think it's perfect for you. Yes. And that's something I guess you've probably been battling almost your whole career, the classical music. Yeah, for you sure. Know, we're fine against, you know, there's like there's hundreds of years of, of history yeah. written down in the books. Mm-hmm. And so then when it's, okay, I want to go be a, a rock star, you did it. Like, okay, I'm, I'm going to do electric violin. You like broke off from that, you know, 300 years of tradition, almost like fearlessly. Well, like- and you try to take the pieces of it that work, right? You try yeah. to take your technique and the chops and all the things that you mm-hmm. learned from playing Brooke and playing Mozart and playing mm-hmm. Bach and all these things. And you go, okay, I want to, I want to take this toolbox and then I don't want to build cabinets with it. I want to build a motorboat. You know, <laughs> I want to do something totally different. Motorboats are very useful. It's hey. very rock and roll. Yeah. <laughs> hey. So yeah, it's, um, taking the classical things and then divorcing yourself from the part of classical music where you play the same, you play it the same way every night. Or I, I don't know if you guys play it the same way every night, but you play, if you're the playing Martina number three, it's dang sure could, the same yeah. notes every night. We're not busting out big old shredding solos. Yeah, like yeah. that's, that's the biggest difference. And, um, yeah. yeah. So I have to be able to look at something and go, I want to play that tune different every night. And not, I want, not that I want it to feel like I'm going to express myself differently. I'm going to play different notes every yeah. night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it was like episode six where you interviewed like Black Violin and they were mm. talking about every show we open up with what a 10 minute, 10 to 15 minute yeah. improv just completely. We don't know what we're going to do on there. And could you imagine pull out any classmate, uh, you know, just from the conservatory. If I asked them or if they asked me, could you give me like 15 minutes or something kind of like what D minor? It would just like chaos, you know, there'd be tears, years yeah. of therapy. Many, many tears. Um, <laughs> One thing, I think social media is helping and like, you know, barriers are kind of bending around like people are. I think it's a little more common because of like the work that you've done, what Mark had done, you know, like breaking it down. It's just like, oh, my gosh, people have done this before. So they're not shooting in the dark. And now that every kid under under 20 is on Instagram. Right. um, As they're like main social platform for that generation. And then they'll see videos of people playing hip hop. And it opens their perspective and they realize that there's more to this thing to that effect. 
I'm sure there are going to be a lot of people. I don't know what our listener demographic is, <laughs> but if it's any indication Hi, of my. What's up, mom? <laughs> Thanks Hello, for listening. Sam. We have three downloads, and they're all our parents. Uh, <laughs> I am so proud. What are some actionable things from your experience as a social media content creator? What are some actionable steps? Let's say you're at zero percent. You haven't created a piece of content ever. How do you start? Because you were there with the electric violin right. shop. So what are the what are the things that you did to even get in this space? Right. So before you create the first piece of content, you wanna you wanna have a broad vision for what does this content say. Okay. And so we were very intentional on if we're going to spend, because we're a business, if we're going to mm-hmm. spend money mm-hmm. on this very charming and attractive fella <laughs> to come in and do this. Uh, Incredibly expensive. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. If we're going to, if we're going to pay money to do this thing, then we want it to achieve what, 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 yeah. what do we want it to achieve? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we want to, at the electric violin shop, not just be a retailer of, violins and bows and and cables and amps and pedals. We want to be dead center of a community of electric violinists and cellists and violists and, and say that we are part of this community that, that we give away knowledge Mm -hmm. and experience. Mm -hmm. Yes, we sell instruments, Mm -hmm. but as a greater whole of that, we want to be the first place that people come and they go, Oh, I need an electric violin. Where do I go? Where do I go? I want to go to the place that obviously knows more about this stuff than anybody else that they're, Mm -hmm. that they care about me as an artist, that they're willing to give away content. And, and we say, you know, in a lot of our stuff, you don't, you can call and ask us questions at the shop, even if you're not a customer. We're happy to answer your questions about how do I record? You know, what, what is an interface? What is, what is, you know, what is, mm-hmm. how do I, mm-hmm. how do I get sound from my violin into my computer? And and we'll take time on the phone and talk to you about, and I've consulted with people on, you know, in-ears. And so we don't sell in-ears. Mm-hmm. So we want to be sort of the hub of this, this whole, not just a sales thing, but a whole culture of people that are creating art. And we want to be the clearinghouse for information on that. See, this is why I absolutely f- with you because <laughs> there's something that I learned in my early days of doing. I did some network marketing for a little while. One thing that kept coming back is nobody cares what you know until they know that you care. Right. And the fact that you were willing to put short term money and leave it on the table, but giving out free information that would help people make more educated decisions that in turn creates value for the customer and they feel like they can trust you because you're not out there trying to get their money you're trying you're out there for legacy smart business because you're setting up customer loyalty so when that they think electric violin electric violin shop yeah it's kind of nice because it's like both a rare occurrence of kind of the right thing to do and it's it's also smart business there's huge roi in being a good person Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's huge ROI. Yeah. And the cool thing is, too, that we were owned by a sole proprietor, a guy named Blaze Keeler, founded the shop uh-huh. and ran the shop for years and years. And he's, you know, you, if he were to walk around NAM this week, everybody would be coming up to him and running. <laughs> and he, he's one of the OGs, you know, he's yeah. been around forever. Uh-huh. Um, he retired. He's got grandkids, didn't want to be around the grandkids yeah. and sold the business to the employees. We're now an employee owned co op. Wow. So. We are the bosses. That's incredible. So it is, it's, we don't answer to some, we're not, um, I won't mention any names, but I'll use initials. We're not. 
We're not this huge corporation that that deals with corporate ethics and all that. You know, yeah. we don't answer well, to a board a giant, and stockholders. Yeah. It's hard. To, we yeah. we can, like you said, we can do the right thing because we're the bosses. You know, we don't have lawyers telling us what we can and can't do. Mm-hmm. I, love that. I love that. So it's much more organic and much more um, authentic. And I think that's that's a thing in the in the social media world that maybe is a negative too, is that when you look on Instagram, you see the best one percent of everybody's life. Yeah. And so there's and and people know this because they do it. Yeah. I mean, I know everybody knows that it. But you're we're still one, best one percent of my life. I'm certainly not showing <laughs> you the times that me and my kids are disagreeing. Right. Yeah. So. So I'm showing you the best 1% of my life. You don't get to see these four hour drives through the middle of the night mm. when I'm tired and, you know. But why not? Yeah. Right? <laughs> and that's that's my philosophy. My wife's actually better at that than anybody. I don't think she puts any of the good. You see like the bottom 1%. <laughs> of she's, she's trying to be she's, so authentic. She's trying to trash you. An amazing life. Everybody yeah. knows that there's this inauthenticity to what they're putting out there. Mm-hmm. They assume that there's inauthenticity. In authenticity, is that what yeah, yeah, yeah. to what everybody else is doing? Yeah, trademark, and, and that's why. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, if that's why we try to, you want it to be organic and authentic, mm-hmm. and and say no. I mean, we really do care that you guys are learning about how to use your instrument, mm-hmm. not because we're trying to get more money out of you, but because we give a rip about you and we give yeah. a rip about art. Because everybody who yeah. plays, yeah. everybody who works at electric violin shop plays. Yeah, we're all players. Yeah, so that's why we care about. The music world's because we love music. Yeah, yeah. And it's, if we can make a living at it, that's great too. If we can, you know. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I like to. I might. I bought a tent recently. <laughs> I'm getting ready to relocate to Skid Row. Right? Right. Yeah, On that note, can we take a quick break? Yeah, let's uh, take a quick pause for, for, for our sponsors. Our sponsors. Yeah, and then I will be right back with Matt Bell. Okay, I'm gonna restart the camera. We don't have sponsors. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna make fakes. We'll make a fake sponsorship. So, Drew, so I was driving in the car, mm-hmm. and, you know, I was listening to the podcast, you know, self-improvement. Our, our, our podcast or books. other people's um, I only listen to us because... Yeah, are there others podcasts? I, wait, I thought we were the only ones. But apparently not, because there's something else you can listen to you in your car. Yeah, okay, yeah, what's, what is it? Try out inaudible.com. Inaudible.com? Inaudible.com. It's it's where they put up uh, silent readings of books. Silent readings of books. Hear me out. Okay. You've had a long day. Yeah. The last thing you want to do is improve your life through knowledge. What if you could just sit there in absolute silence and take in all the traffic? I like it. Can we go ahead and uh, play a little bit of inaudible.com? Yeah. Uh, this is a recent selection caught of um, extremely loud, incredibly inaudible. Man, that's great. You know, my favorite part about that is that there was nothing. Or another great classic um, from a recent Lincoln uh, biography. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Here, check this out. Oh, my God, he's dead. (laughs) Oh, man, that's classic. Classic. (laughs) So when you're sitting there and you need a little bit of of a break and you don't want to learn anything or hear anything at all. At all. Try out inaudible.com. I'm going to get it right now, but I listen to this podcast. I'm going to support it. How do I support it using this podcast? Well, here's the thing. Yeah. You go on to inaudible.com uh-huh. and you just don't say anything and you'll get a 20% promo right there. I see how it works. You just shut the f- up. Exactly. Shut the f- up. Inaudible.com. Huh? Is it working? Exactly. Exactly. 
inaudible.com. You know, Br- British Siri is the best Siri. Um, but anyway, th- welcome back. Thank you so much for joining us once again uh, at the Taking Notes podcast here with Matt Bell. We were just finishing talking about authenticity in social media and what that means. Now, how do you define authenticity in social media? Yeah, excellent Matt. question. We sell 98% of our product online. Mm-hmm. You know, we're in Durham, North Carolina. Durham, North Carolina is not New York City. It's not LA. Yeah. It's not even Nashville, right? Yeah. So walk-ins are maybe 2% of our business. Mm-hmm. Uh, we ship all over the, the country and to uh, all over the U.S. and then to 90 other countries. Wow. What? So most people, and this is the most foreign concept to me, which is funny because I did it too. The very first violin I bought, <laughs> I bought Sun Unseen. But most of the people who buy a violin from us have never touched it. Mm-hmm. Mm. And, I mean, you guys are both players. I mean, the, the thought of just, I'm going to call up, you know, whatever violin shop. You know what? Just send me a pretty one. So, but, but that's exactly what we expect 98% of our customers to do. <sighs> so how do we help them feel like they didn't do that? Mm-hmm. Okay. So the authenticity for us is I don't care which violin you buy. Personally, I don't care. So when I do a video where I'm comparing these four different violins, I'm going to give you the good, the bad, and the ugly. And, and I'll, I'll just tell you, you know, here's what I like about this instrument. Here's what I don't like about this instrument. These are the features it has. Here's a feature it doesn't have that, you know what, that might be a deal breaker for you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so we just, we're just honest. And then I love that. when I play the instrument, I'm not, you know, I'm not monkeying with the amp, you know, with some of these are kind of bright. I'm not turning the highs down to yeah. try to, to, to try to Mask polish it. it. Yeah. I want you to get the full Monty experience yeah. of God. what this violin is because we have 30 day return policy. Yeah. If you buy this instrument and you get it and you go, yeah, I watched the video and I got this and it's not what the video showed. You then break it's into coming that trust. back yeah. and then you've broken that trust. And they're never coming back. Right. And yeah. when you're a little small shop like us, mm-hmm. you're not. <laughs> then, um, then that we're going to, we're going to bleep that. That's <laughs> bad, bad words. So, um, it rhymes with batar benter. <laughs> so if you uh, if if you're buying from us, like there has to be trust there. Mm-hmm. And so you know, I, I just I play them and I try to play them honestly, and we talk about them honestly. Mm-hmm. And um, and when you're taking pictures and putting pictures up, I'm not editing scratches out of these things. You know, it's yeah. it's a it's a it's raw. It's I want you to feel like this is real because it is. It's to the best of my ability to show you real. That's what it is. And I think people, they, they see that because I'm thinking now what's the first thing I do is go to YouTube and look at reviews. Right. And it's either like third party or just this is someone I trust. Right. Like, you know, checking out the forums. Mm-hmm. It's not even like the reviews on the website. But like these resources where you actually get to hear it, it's... It's, it's indispensable. Yeah. And, and particularly like you you know who is honest. Even if they have a stake in it, you can just tell the phrase that they'll give it to you. Pros, cons. If you're looking for this, Yes. You know, this might be good. This might be a deal breaker, but it's it's the trust. And then suddenly I go back to those companies. But I've been wanting to have a conversation with you for so long, just like this, because the way you approach people is very special, too. 
I have never really socialized with you around other people. We had that we had that beer in Astoria. You yeah. came by, we hung out uh, <laughs> right after I got off the ship. But being out here and seeing you around all these different uh, string players, you have the uncanny ability of connecting people and networking, but in a way that is so organic and so powerful. When you are around, you're, you're a social butterfly. He's bouncing around, talking <laughs> to everybody. The moment you leave, the conversation still lingers on you and how great you are. So for all of the- well, That's people 100% there, intentional. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I see the game. No, what, one thing that they don't teach us in school is how to be a person that people enjoy being around and how to network. So I'm curious, like, what are your thoughts about networking and how do you do that? Yeah. Is it, I know it's natural for you. You're not being methodical, but you do find, Hey, come here, Drew. You need to meet this guy. Yeah. Come here. Mm-hmm. You need to meet this girl, but there's more to it than that. Can you explain? Sure. Your process and and I won't, I won't say it's natural and that I don't have method because I do. Mm-hmm. It's it is a thing that is very much intentional, mm-hmm. and it is a it is a skill that I have curated throughout the years. I've I've worked at this. So how did you start? Yeah, that's, that's so, super important. And, and I don't know why it was ever put on my heart to really be this sort uh-huh. of the hub of all these networks. You but, are, but I see how important it is. Yeah, and um, and it, I mean, I see people that I I mean, I know a hundred things about you, uh-huh. and I know a hundred things about Martha Mook. And, yeah. and when I, when a I, a friend, friend of the pod, yeah. <laughs> she's, she's great. I she's incredible. She's great. I just um, met her a couple days ago. Because so, of that. so the thing is, I know these hundred things about you and I know these hundred things about her and I'm starting to think, okay, where do these line up? Uh-huh. Okay. I know you're a violist. She's a violist. Okay. Uh-huh. Boom. Boom. I know that you play, that you've started messing with electric violas. Mm-hmm. She's the OG of yeah, electric violas. The queen. So then, um, you know, I know that you're a New York guy and mm-hmm. she's from New York mm-hmm. and, and I'm like, okay, well let me connect these to, you know, so I can, I'll bring you to her and say, Hey Martha, I want you to meet Drew. He's a violist. He's from New York. He's just started getting into electric stuff and he's really starting to explore this. And, and he really, and then I'll try to throw out like, Hey, he's this huge social media star. And I introduce her to you. I'm like, hey, she's a violist. She's been doing this electric thing since, you know, anybody was doing it. Yes, yes, and, yes, yes. And you know, she's David from Bug. New York. And then the thing about her is, hey, she helped develop some really important instruments in the yeah. business. Mm-hmm. So I try to tell you some things that you guys have in common mm-hmm. and then maybe give your conversation a place to go. Yeah. And, you know, because she's interested in social media. She doesn't do it as well as you. And I know you're interested in working with viol- you know, viola manufacturers and all that. Mm-hmm. You haven't done it to the extent that she does. Yeah. So then I can sort of throw those two things out. Here are two like softball starts to a conversation. <laughs> yeah. And then I walk away. Yes. And that's what I adore about you. It's like you plan a bomb. You walk around, put your shades down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> walk away in slow motion. You know, it's so cool how you do that. One thing I was curious about... I was going to drop the North Carolina bomb on you because oh, yeah. I'm from North Carolina. Oh, sweet. What part? I'm from Newton, North Carolina, so just outside of Hickory. Okay. Um, so not that far. I've got family all over Raleigh. Yeah. Um, and so you're right in the middle of it. You're in Morrisville? Uh, yeah, Morrisville, Cary. Which, yeah. is, which is essentially in between all of the major like little cities. So you've got Chapel Hill, Durham. Right. Raleigh, Cary, below. It's like all of these. You're you're really in like the thick of it all. Yeah. So 
What's that like? I know you had mentioned just not not being stuck in the middle of Manhattan uh, in some like tiny tiny little shop. What's the experience of like not living in like a massive hub? Yeah, as a musician, yeah, yeah for sure. So um, yeah. there's there's two sides to that. One, I don't have all the opportunities that the New York and L.A. and Nashville people mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, there are far fewer players that are there to take to snap up what opportunities there are. <laughs> yeah. Right. So you know there there may only be twenty given places to play on a night versus New York where there's a thousand. Yeah. But in New York, there's a thousand places to play and ten thousand players who want to play those places. <laughs> in in Raleigh, there might be you know thirty places to play and twenty players to play in those places. So from from that standpoint, the advantage is um, there might be more opportunities per person mm-hmm. um, in a smaller town. But I'm I live fifteen minutes from an international airport. I can be in Manhattan two hours. After our, you know, I get to RDU Airport two hours later. I'm in Manhattan, mm-hmm. and there's a flight out of there every two hours, yeah. at least. Mm-hmm. And then my mortgage <laughs> is a lot less than what it would be Factual. in New York. I mean, yeah. so Factual. what I save on cost of living, I can buy a lot of yeah. plane tickets. If you're if you're listening to this podcast, you can't afford a mortgage in New York. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just don't even. There try. are no yeah. mortgages in New York. Yeah. That's an interesting vein, and I want to keep going down mm-hmm. it. Sure. So let's say you're. You're Stacy Adams, okay? You just graduated from New England Conservatory uh, with a degree in jazz clarinet, right? There aren't that many jobs for you as as an as an independent artist. So, would you say that go? Because this is why I suggest to people: Would you say that going back home and starting something back where you're from, where you have those connections, where, like you said, there aren't as many venues, it's not a Los Angeles, it's not a Chicago or a New York City. Would you say that that is a really interesting uh, way to at least begin your career as a musician? It sure depends on what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Alex Depew, who's a good friend of mine, he was on the Steve Vai tour. He's just this ridiculous, ridiculous violinist. He's insanely good and has been on some huge tours. He said, New York, L.A., Nashville. Yeah, you want to hit the big time scene. You will be in one of those three places. They're not coming to Omaha to hear you. They're not coming. <laughs> okay, so if you want to be in the scene, mm-hmm. if you want to get on the, uh, the 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 Black Violin tour, if you want to get on the you know you want to be on the next Aerosmith tour, I do. I do. You're not you're, you <laughs> at know, me, Aerosmith. They're not. They're not coming to Raleigh yeah. to find players for that tour, yeah. right? Um, but how many people really do that? I mean, how many people are on the road with Beyonce? Not that many. Yeah. So, are you going to land that film gig? You yeah. know, are you are you really going to be on a soap opera? Are you going to be in a movie? Mm-hmm. Are you going to be, you know, are you going to be on a Today Show every week? Yeah, probably, probably not. Probably yeah. not. Yeah. So, um, and especially now with social media and airplanes and touring and all that, you know, mm-hmm. Black Friday, I'll go back to them. They don't live in New York. They no. don't live in LA. They live in BMR City. Yeah. So be anywhere. They're like, we have a bus and an airport. <laughs> you know? So we we can do anything from where we are, mm-hmm. especially like you with social media. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some pretty big stars out there who don't live in any of the big cities. Mm-hmm. Taylor Davis, one of the one of the huge YouTube mm-hmm. sensations, yeah. lives in Detroit. 
Yeah, of all places, like yeah. Detroit Symphony, yeah. uh, Sphinx. Is, but nobody, nobody like, thinks of Detroit nobody is yeah. like this mecca of, uh-huh. of, yeah. of art. I mean, that's where cars, Motown, 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 Motown. Motown. yeah, yeah. But which like is cars. just another great, like Motown. Though you know, it's just two little houses. You, yeah. You're yeah. driving, you wouldn't notice unless yeah. you checked out the sign. But it's incredible. Just think of how much history came out of there. But place. you know, when I interview guys who live in New York City mm-hmm. and they live in LA, mm-hmm. they'll tell you how hard they have to work every month to pay rent. Yeah, and they're playing gigs they don't necessarily want to play because they have to pay rent. Mm-hmm. So, how many hours a week do you spend just to keep your nose above water in an expensive town? And those hours maybe could have been spent furthering your skills, furthering your career. That you know, I don't have my rent is not four grand a month in Raleigh, where mm-hmm. in New York. Maybe it is. Yeah. And, especially and, and, and it you're is. gonna have to you're gonna have to <laughs> for family. Yeah, you're you gonna have, have to family. make that money yeah. and, and then grocery money and then hey, Timmy needs braces yeah. and you know, so yeah. all this stuff. You've spent a huge portion of your life just trying to, to be the mouse in the wheel. So just as you're trying to decide, am I gonna live in New York or am I gonna live in St. Louis? It's um those are things to think about. That's like kinda like essentially the two common routes that almost any artist of any field's going to come to actors dance you name it business anything you know pay a lot to live in this big city kind of hope it works out or go somewhere where it's much cheaper to live maybe it's not the biggest gigs but you can be the big fish in the small pond you've got family now that's yeah. expenses oh geez you know it's hard enough to two people on their own myself. it's yeah, yeah it's <laughs> it's rough enough just with that but let alone family school kid braces flat tire this you name it did you has your mindset like changed did you always kind of did you think oh, okay i'm like 22 boom big city gonna make it and did that kind of like evolve like what was that no process I, like? you know i never um I, the places that i've lived have always been more a function of things other than music mm-hmm. and music has been a thing that i did when i was in this city but I was Got in this city for, for another reason. Right. Okay, cool. so I'm just I'm just gonna be where I am and do the thing. There was there was never a point in my life where I decided, hey, I either do want to go to New York or I don't want to go to New York because mm-hmm. of music. It was, mm-hmm. There was always other things that were behind that. Mm-hmm. What was one of the most memorable experiences you had on the road? Oh, that I can talk about. That you can. <laughs> I mean, this See, is. I was, this I was is, on the road back in the nineties. No, I know, man. No, 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 I know. Yeah. So this, those stories won't be told. But yeah. <laughs> this is not a clean podcast by any. Yeah, it can means it can be whatever. Whatever comes to whatever mind comes that to you're that, willing to admit. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's and it's funny. I mean, there's a lot of parties, right? And, yeah. And all and all that that good stuff. But but honestly, from a formative standpoint yeah. the things that you learn while you're on the road have a lot more to do with the people that you're playing with yeah. and and the fact that you do a show 150 times a year and and playing with amazing players that are bringing something new to the stage every night and you know my I toured for a while with this guitar player and he would come out and you know this particular solo that you play every night would be different every night he'd throw out this idea that we hadn't heard yeah. And we're all looking, yo, yo come, <laughs> dude. Yeah. I need to go home and practice. <laughs> so like after the set, yeah. we're all like, Tony, what the heck was that? He goes, Oh yeah, I did like a D melodic minor thing over G and it was really, you know, yeah. and we're like, Oh yeah, that's cool. And he but well, here's the reason it works. And so we talk about the music theory of it. And it's like, well, I need to go home and I need to 
And then you start going down this rabbit hole. Of, uh-huh. mm-hmm. oh, okay, well, well, if that, then this. And so it's the learning that you take yeah. from being on the road. And when, like, you know, we got to play Jesse's girl 140 times this year. <laughs> it's, um, I'm going to, I'm going to throw some different fills in there. I'm going to throw yeah. some different solos in there. Uh-huh. And it's, hey, I'm going to do a, uh, you know, I'm going to do a tritone sub on this thing. And yeah. Then, if there's 300 people in the club, maybe one of them is going to know and be like, yeah, what I like, just did. Wait a minute. Um, and the other 299 are going to be like, oh, I want beer. <laughs> um, but it's when you're learning every night from the people that you're playing with and they're pushing you and you're learning, that's, that's, those are the experiences on the road that stick with you and, and the, the brotherhoods. And, you know, I'm, I'm out here in California for a week for the NAMM show, but I'm staying an extra couple of days because one of the guys I used to tour with lives in San Francisco. So I'm oh, driving up to his okay. house to Take hang out with that. him because, you know, we've done a couple of hundred shows together over the years and, and done thousands of miles together on the road. We're, we're brothers, man. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's like war. That's the, stuff, <laughs> that's the stuff that really sticks with you. Yeah. More than, you know, oh, yeah, there was this girl who's, you know, whatever fell off. And, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, there's lots of those stories, but that's that's not the stuff that really forms you and shapes you. Beyond like the obvious stuff, what do you think like would the impact of all these kind of like social media platforms just be on even the connections or growing those relationships? Right. Well, it used to be that the only bands you knew about were the bands that the radio wanted you to know about, right? The the radio station manager wanted you to know about Van Halen and they wanted you to know about, you know, uh, Living Color and they wanted you to know about Counting Crows. Mm -hmm. And you go, okay, I listen to Rock Station. I guess I'm getting force fed this circle of people. (laughs) And now (laughs) social media and Spotify and Pandora and I, yeah. and I almost you want to include those in social media kind of right yeah um, because of those people can explore a lot more stuff so there's a band out of Europe called the Trouble Notes and they had a video their, their violinist plays a Stratton Skull violin and they, <laughs> just somebody filmed a video of them in some city square in Europe and he's just shredding on this thing and wrecking this violin and the video went viral Oh, and now there's people, millions of people around the world who know who the Trouble Notes are. And it's just, it's these guys that just bum around Europe. They ended up coming to the U.S. and doing a tour in the U.S. And still, you know, so many people have never heard of them, but way more people have heard of them than would have. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the social media thing gives people way more choices. On the other hand, it makes the n- amount of noise that you have to break through as an artist high. <sighs> Yeah. Right, so it's always a double-edged sword. It's like I have access now on Instagram mm-hmm. to, you know, a billion people, but all of my all of the other artists in the world have access to those same number of people. So potentially, I have access to a much larger audience, but there's also much more competition for that audience. So there's got to be something about you that sets you apart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and that's why I think authenticity is so important. We'll go back to that word. It's, it's that if you're really being you, yeah. then the people who become fans of you are fans of you. But if you front, then they become <laughs> fans of this thing that the you're trying to be, but you're not. And you got to keep that up. And, and now, right. right? And you're yeah. trying to keep this thing up. And then they're like, well, I sense that maybe he's really not what I thought he was. Unfollow. And now you've wasted all that energy chasing a follower who isn't even a follower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
that, that, yeah. That's something interesting that I've been thinking about a lot is like, do people like me or do they just like the fact that I play viola? And that's really that's really hard to reconcile. And sometimes it feels because when you look at the metrics, I post a picture of my viola or me with my viola. It gets a ton of likes. Right. Picture of just me. Eh. <laughs> picture of me I, talking. I like to do. You know, so it's very it's very interesting psychologically. How do you cultivate that? You put something out there and you give a little bit of yourself that's so vulnerable that people have the opportunity to be say, to say like, oh, me too. Yeah, like, like I just posted a, mm-hmm. a, a, back in December. I was auditioning for Los Angeles Chamber Orchestra. I knew for pretty much one hundred percent that I was not going to get it. But because I'm always talking about going for auditions, because I'm always talking about putting your, the risk out there. If I'm not going to actually do that and share that process and fail in public, how dare I have the audacity to show my success in public? Right. So I'm wondering. Like, have you ever publicized anything that has like that you were not proud of? Yeah, for sure. Um, what, what was that? What was that it, moment? It was like? you, you know, any musician goes through this. Your highs are really high. Yeah, oh, yeah. and your lows are really low. Yeah, and it's like when I have a good night and I serve it up, you step off that stage. You're about eleven feet. You're gone. Yeah. You're like <laughs> you're you are welcome. Yeah, <laughs> and then you, the next night you go out and play, and you're like, I am such a fraud. I cannot believe someone's paying me to do this. Really? I am horrible. Whoa. And, and you're it, honestly, there's probably like a two percent difference. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. And 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 I had one of those nights. It was maybe a year or so ago that I, I man, I couldn't find the pocket with both hands. Solos. <laughs> stilted it felt like my hands are made out of stone mm-hmm. I was like I'm the least interesting person who's ever walked out of his front door I'm trying to put on a show I do not feel like I'm doing a good job my voice is cracking every other note when I'm saying it. it's it was a it was a disaster okay. to me and yeah. I posted something about it on Facebook like man you guys have got to know as artists and a lot of my followers are not musicians and, and so I mean most are but a lot aren't yeah. and and I'm like man it I just had a really bad night yeah and you gotta you're never as good as you think you are in your best nights and you're never as bad that as you think you are on your worst nights yeah. but right now I'm gonna be honest with y'all I I, I am not doing well right mm-hmm. now I, I I'm just I'm gonna be vulnerable to y'all yeah. I, I I had a bad night and, and, and I response? feel really down about that. And, and it was funny. A couple of my followers were actually at that show. And both of them DM'd me and said, <laughs> we were just talking that we thought it was one of the best shows that you'd ever put on. Wow. And, never know. And, see? And so, I mean, it, not that it makes me feel better because I, I don't I don't get validation from from that. My yeah. Validation has to be internal, right? Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, gee, thanks, mom. I know I'm the greatest. Yeah. But, you know, your but, fans are going to think you're great no matter what, because they're your yeah. fans. But but it was it was really nice to hear somebody say, I, I thought you put on a great show. Yeah. And but I did get some some DMs and comments from people going, man, thank you for sharing that, mm-hmm. because you put on this you, you project this image of being very self-assured and very mm-hmm. confident and, you know, very uh, just sure of yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to know that you're not always. I guess it's kind of a recent phenomenon. You see more and more of these types of posts, mm-hmm. particularly like like guys opening up. You think 50 years ago, if you had a problem, 
What'd you do? You bury it. You yeah. become abusive. You have just like, man oh, up. Yeah, yeah, you, just, man. you just man up. And then you take just a beer. We're, we're getting beyond that 1% of a perfect light. Right. Comments. Wait a minute. I'm in the struggle too. Even particularly the celebrities. Oh, their life must be amazing. They yeah, I know, Millions right? of dollars. Everyone yeah. loves them. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And then they have problems. Uh, yeah, and then they have a ton of problems. Just like true. Yeah. <laughs> I have lots and of problems. Just, you know, I heard, and this is the last thing because we, we got to wrap it up. We, we got to get you out of here. Right. Um, play go, a show. Play. Yeah. go play. Because that's what we do. Courage can't be courage if there's no fear. That's true. Right. If you aren't ever vulnerable and able to feel that way, when you're great, it, it, that doesn't mean anything because you're always great. So I, I appreciate you sharing that with us, Matt. Thank you for coming on our show. We I want to roll out the carpet to you, as Sean Evans with Hot Ones would say. And <laughs> what do you have going on and where can people find you online? Oh, yeah. Thank you, man. Um, so I just left a band that I've been with for 10 years. Mm-hmm. And I was a side guy in this band and uh, sort of felt like artistically I'd said what I had to say in that context. And mm-hmm. um 2019 is going to be a year of sort of exploration and experimentation for me. Uh I've got my finger in a number of different uh, pies, so to Mm. speak. Uh, I've got a rock project that is really me. Mm -hmm. um, Mm. And that's probably going to be the thing that gets pursued is is sort of a, it's a violin, bass and drums thing. So um, I play a six string electric violin. We plug it in and we get all the way down to guitar range. So I'm, I'm sort of doing a lot of, punk slash prog slash pop type stuff, mm-hmm. punk pop maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a project that I'm writing and going to perform, I hope. Um, I've got some some hip-hop projects, some hip-hop mashup projects going on. All right, on. let me know if you need some bars. Yeah, right. <laughs> I've, got, make um, the beats. <laughs> I've got some ambient goo stuff that I had written years ago that I really need to re-release. I'm maybe thinking about something that's neoclassical. So, Ooh, okay. Uh, right? So Come through. There's, uh, there are a number of things that I'm that I'm going to go after. I think 2019 is going to be a year of exploration for me, and hopefully by 2020 I will figure out what I want to be when I grow up. Yes, and uh, and then <laughs> sort of pursue that. So. 2024 site, my man. So right. make sure you also subscribe to his podcast on Apple Music. Is it on yeah. Stitcher? Yeah, is it everywhere? Yeah. Uh, Rockstar Rock violinist. Star violinist and, and uh, YouTube um, channel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, YouTube channel Matt Bell violinist, mm-hmm. um, Instagram Matt Bell violinist, mm-hmm. and Electric Violin Shop. Yes. Um, Facebook Matt Bell violinist and um, Matt Vile Matt <laughs> Matt Bell violinist. Right. I love the consistency. So you yeah. guys he- heard it here first. Thank you for being our first guest. Yeah, thank uh, you all for having me. What an yeah, honor, of man. Of course, and uh, we will see you guys. We'll see you around. Soon. This has been baking notes. <laughs> Great. We did it. Thanks, yeah, man. Thank you. How's, how's it feel to be on the other side, man? Uh, You're a natural. Yeah, it's very, it's very, uh, it's exposing. Yeah. <laughs> but There's you did a great like job. It. Let's get you out of here, man. Yeah. I saw my favorite picture of you With your winter coat and shorts and mismatched shoes And I looked and seemed to say Inaudible.com. Inaudible.com.